0: Today we are picking up where we left off last week. Left our listeners very titillated, I, I venture to say. You ventured to
1: say, I was like, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I venture to I
0: myself, am myself, I'm constantly titillated. <laughs> constantly. <laughs> now that I've sufficiently weirded you out, uh, we'll continue where we started last week on the other side. Don't live your life in a constant state of titillation, <laughs> Selena.
1: You aren't really living.
0: <laughs> if you ain't titillated, you ain't livinated. That's <laughs> no, got, got to find some way to make got that rhyme. Got to find rhyme.
1: something.
0: Which Anyways. actually reminds me, a, a little quick little rabbit trail here. I recently got a wild hair and I was like, I'm going to look up some southern idioms that are hilarious. Yeah, there's some really funny ones. <laughs> you may
1: share one. <laughs> Cause we have a baby that's still sleeping and we got
0: uh, get... one that I found that was, you know, you're making me pick. There's more than one that, that's in here and in, in, in the brain,
1: we have limited time. My love.
0: Someone said, I'm so hungry. I, I could eat the North end of a Southbound polecat." which you have to like, really maybe there's people that one listening. Apart. They're
1: like, yeah, just said that yesterday.
0: <laughs> or if you're, if you're, if you're grumpy I, one day, I could say, well, who licked the red off your popsicle or something like that. <laughs> anyways, if off you off don't candy? know us,
1: this is my husband, Ryan. I'm Selena. We are the Fredericks behind everything yeah. fierce, uh, that you may see or listen, uh, as far as fierce families, fierce marriage, fierce parenting, all that goes. So
0: everything fierce. Hello and welcome. Not TM. everything.
1: Anyways, <laughs> the oats, you got your oats. You're feeling yeah, your oats, you huh? know,
0: cold brew coffee. Homemade. Just I make in. it strong.
1: Okay. So we are picking up from where we left off last week.
0: Yes we, yes we are
1: uh you interacted with a with a woman on there named Pearl something on, where? on Twitter and <laughs> she was talking about marriages you said she's like the red pill I don't know what that means I'm not on Twitter she's a conservative who just doesn't think of really red pill anchor like, in her herself in Christ I would
0: say it's like the anti-feminism <laughs> movement and, okay. and I think that's probably an anti-woke all these sorts of things conservative sure. but not necessarily Christian is what I'm trying to say yeah
1: because everything she says like it just
0: Kind of much, fall, much of what she says, just fall out. I feel. Like. Yeah, much of what she says has truth to it, but it's always the execution that gets a little wonky. Because yeah. when you're executing based on yeah. secular underpinnings, presuppositions, you're you're discounting a lot of what reality a lot. is. Yes, in yes. that we are humans made in God's image, and that we ha- have a sin nature, and we are only righteous because Christ. So well, there's a my God lot of,
1: has an actual design for family yeah. and marriage and flourishing. Yeah. So. Go back and listen to that. I don't know. Should we reread the I don't think we should reread the tweet, but what we were talking about is that there are there's ten themes uh that we've seen in our own work here uh that show us whether marriages are gonna fail or not. Um or just that they struggle. Uh and so do you wanna quickly run through the first five and then we'll go into six through ten?
0: Yeah, Yeah, we'll recap them quickly just in case you're picking up uh without having heard that episode. Number one, people Underestimate marriage in general, including what it will require and what is at stake. Mm-hmm. Number two, people have an underdeveloped idea of covenant, which is the backbone of the whole thing. Number three is people misunderstand love. We talked about what that means. I won't get into it. Uh, number four is familiarity is a result of ungratefulness. Mm-hmm. And if left unchecked, it will kill a marriage. Mm-hmm. Number five is basically bad communication. And here's the reason. Many (laughs) people assume they're great at communicating, but they, in fact, most people are terrible at it.
1: Right. Because what does assuming do? Mm -hmm. We all know. We can't say those things here. (laughs) Okay. We don't want to say those things here. Anyways, number five. Number six. Six.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, again, reasons why marriages struggle and fail.
1: Well, one of the things that she said in her tweet was that a lot of marriages are sexless sexless and that men are... They have to like get their wives' permission to do anything, and they're just yeah. There's there's nothing that's keeping men.
0: And and to even go back just one step further, the reason why Pearl is saying what she's saying is she's basically saying that we've raised the cost of marriage to such a place that it's no longer of interest or a benefit to men. So men aren't pursuing marriage because at any point a woman could walk away. And so part of the response was, well, find. And I told her this: yeah, find, find, a good find a good woman. Good woman as a man you need to find a good woman and she's like well that's not the fix cuz you know 10 years down the line they change whatever and i'm saying well yeah also be a good man right find also a godly woman also submit yourselves and to christ be a godly
1: man <laughs>
0: yeah also all these things i'm i'm outlining here so and then she, and so one of the things she said that you mentioned was that there are any sexless marriages so it's costing them that too and then when the divorce happens the courts always favor the the, the women over the men men can't get custody all these sorts of things and so again we're revisiting What we've observed the thieves are, why marriages struggle and fail. All right, number six, um, sexual depravity. And what we mean by that is porn use, adultery. Sexual depravity wreaks havoc on men and women alike. And even couples who don't cheat deal with twisted sexual desires being imported into the marriage bed. This creates an asymmetrical sexual entitlement and expectations that lead to discontentment, coercion, or both. Right. So... Right. How does that strike you? I mean, obviously porn is poison.
1: It's yeah, and it's it's run rampant. It's just everywhere. It's accessible to everyone at every age, uh and the types of porn uh mm. have just I mean, just seared consciences. It's it's
0: everything has escalated. It's horrific. Everything and has escalated.
1: You and I were talking about how sadly how common adultery is even among
0: 10 years ago getting into this, I would have never anticipated how common Yeah. It is how often we get messages from couples right. um, where it's just like, I had an affair, you know, two years into our marriage and never told my wife about it. And then I had another one and now she, and I told her, and so like, these guys are coming to me and saying, help, or even women have affairs yeah. too. It's not just For sure. men. For sure. It's on both sides of it. It's wreaking havoc.
1: Right. And so this is weird. We're trying to highlight. you were trying to highlight, these are some of the reasons why men might be in a sexless marriage is because they're addicted to porn because they've had affairs because there's been a breach of, a breach of trust essentially. Um and um, I mean on either side, right? It's not just men, but yeah. I mean, she's addressing men saying, Yeah. And so, so there's
0: that there's the porn use, the the adultery problems, which yeah. obviously you're going to wreak havoc on a marriage, but there's a, a sneakier version of this, which I mentioned is that twisted sexual desires are being imported into the marriage bed.
1: And where would you say those are coming from? I guess if, well, if they're not coming from, I'm assuming they're coming from the internet, right?
0: They, I mean, okay. So if you spent your entire married life and all the only instances of sexual expression you saw were between you and your spouse, things would stay pretty. I mean, it's not, right. it's not impossible for people to get depraved it right on their own. Right, But what I'm saying is a lot of times it's, yeah, you're importing There's it from influences. pornography. You're yeah. importing it from movies. So right. most oftentimes if huh. you have kids in the room, maybe, maybe turn it off or get earbuds or something. But oftentimes it's men who are watching porn. They're addicted to porn. They've gotten into more and more depraved things. Mm-hmm. Then they want to actualize their fantasies and they have a wife and their wife is not a person to them. Their wife is an object mm-hmm. to them. And they, they spend their time trying to get their wife to do the things that they are seeing and fantasizing about. Right. That's they're importing it in. And so that's where you get the coercion, you get manipulation, this asymmetrical sexual entitlement. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, why won't you do that act that I see happening? I mean, mm-hmm. they think it's common because they watch porn that has right. that all the time in it. Right.
1: Their ideals are, everything's messed up and on the wrong yeah. levels. Yeah.
0: And so here's, here's the thing. I think there's very little that's actually off limits in the bedroom. And I mean that, and it's clear what that is Right. in scripture. I would say sodomy is always off limits. Right.
1: And we've, yeah. and I'd
0: say anything that involves anyone else is going to be off limits. So viewing pornography, I'm just going to say it. Okay. So viewing pornography, you know, or obviously bringing anyone else into right. the marriage bed, whether that's actually bringing them in, which believe it or not, sadly, people think that that's somehow okay. If it's consensual, not okay. Uh, bringing other people in through your fantasies and through your thought life. Mm. Okay. So those are the off limits parts.
1: And anything that is not edifying.
0: Yeah. And anything, you, yeah, anything that's not that edifying discussed. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not here to harvest from you what I want from you. I'm here to love you within the bounds of marital love. I mean, read the Song of Solomon. We've done, we've written at length on, on this. Yep. We did an episode <laughs> on it and why sensual speech is good. We see that modeled in mm-hmm. Song of Solomon. You can make a lot of cases for what's happening uh, sexually throughout that book and scholars have done it. I've studied myself. The Point is, is you have a lot of freedom in there. Yeah. But you have guys that are importing things that are, they're, they're they're not in the spirit of love. They're not in the spirit right. of that freedom. They're in the spirit of selfishness Right.
1: And, love, and lust. Love is what changes everything. I mean, we were talking about that. Like if you're, if you aren't loving while you're having sex, it's just, it's just, just an object. It's just yeah. a, an experience. It's, not, it's yourself, nothing. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really mean anything.
0: So uh, I want to add this before people, ladies aren't off the hook here. No. Because... Ladies have a different way of importing things, yeah, and that could be you know their own version of sexual sin, yeah. right? They're they're reading novels that are torrid, and <laughs> steamy, and yeah. they're or smutty. watching shows, or they're watching shows and they're Y'all wanting their one. husband <laughs> to be like the guy on the show, right? Well, you didn't marry the guy on the show. Also, the guy on the show is an actor and all of his lines are scripted (laughs) and all of his wardrobe is selected for him. And they've done that take 20 times to get the perfect expression, the perfect micro expression to to win your heart. And you're importing that into your marriage and into your sex life. And now that's becoming the thing that your husband needs to rise to in order to get your sexual attention. Well, it's just as insidious.
1: Right. So the question is, where are you getting your expectations from and where should you be getting your expectations for a healthy sex life?
0: Yeah. So couples, marriages that don't understand this and therefore sexual depravity runs rampant in their marriage. It's going to, it's going to, it's a theme among marriages that suffer, struggle and fail.
1: hundred
0: percent. Okay. We've said a lot there. <laughs> All right. Number seven, number seven and eight kind of go hand in hand. Um, and, and I'll just read them. Number seven is this wives hold on longer, but they give up harder. Mm. What I mean by that is this, if a man neglects his wife, she will try to win him back she'll try and she'll fight and she'll pray and mm-hmm. she'll go to her friends she'll go to her family and say my husband is not engaging help he's not showing up to the marriage yeah she'll try to win him back and she'll hold on for a long time but this is what we've observed i'm not saying it's right or wrong i'm saying this is what we've observed once that switch flips in her head that mm-hmm. she's given up on him she is going to be way harder to win back right. at that point
1: yeah it almost seems like it's a a self-preservation act after that like I've tried so much and I have been dragged through the mud 10 times over Mm. that I'm finally like picking my hands off of you. Like Mm. I'm just, I'm giving up. But now you're not going to stand there and take what you like the man begging on his knees when it's like, that's what Mm. I wanted for so long. She's already turned her back and is running the other way because she can't, she's protecting herself. She's like, I've already, we've already gone through this. And in my experience that I've seen, um, even you know with my own parents, like wives, hang on for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. My mom gave my dad a year. She's like, I tr- I fought for him for so long because I loved him so much.
0: I think to this day, if he turned and, and came back her that know. she might. We're talking like thirty years down the line. I, I don't, don't know. know. Different would only, people. Yeah. Oh, uh, I've heard stories of uh, women who have held on for decades. Yeah. And uh, they're re- yeah. Re- remarried.
1: We know people. Yep.
0: Um. So yeah, we we know them personally. Um. But
1: it is true. Once the flip, the flip switches, the switches flip. Once the switch flips, there it is. It is harder. It's definitely Uh harder.
0: Well, because you've just, you've eviscerated her trust and and which she gave you herself wholeheartedly at one point. And now it's, um, you know, fool me twice, you know, so to speak. Well, and
1: it's so, yeah, it's just interesting that Um, once the, once it's done, like I've also seen friends, you know, once the papers are signed, it's like, oh, he's all super nice to her. And like, then I think he there's remorse there and you're like, mm. oh, what have I done? Oh, it's actually happening. You're like, what yeah. did you think was going to happen when you signed these papers? It
0: like- <laughs> actually leads to number eight, which is men take their wives for granted until it's too late. Now, these mm-hmm. are patterns we see. Don't, I'm not we're not here just to bash men. Okay. I love helping men be the best men they can possibly be. I believe that yeah. men are the future of our society. I really mean that. Right. Women aren't off the off the hook here. No. Next one is going to hit the hit. I think hit at some of the issues women yeah. face. But for these two, seven and eight, men take their wives for granted until it's too late. It's only when it's too late that they see themselves, their situation, their behavior clearly. Up until that point, it's very easy for them to rationalize it.
1: I, I think that could be true for wives as well. You sure. know, I, I think that they can, uh, they can be the same way they can take their husband for granted. They can take for granted, you know, that he's working for that hard for their family. Um, that you can lose perspective. You can lose sight of what, what your husband is actually no. doing. Again, the grumbling, the complaining, the wrong perspective that's going to take you down no. this path. Uh, and then again, when it's too late and you're trying to fight, like the door's gonna be closed at that point. Like,
0: yeah. And these do go, like you just mentioned, women can do this too. Mm-hmm. And we've, I want to be clear. It's not just men are all the problem. That's not what I'm trying to say. Uh, Because the same can be true on the opposite side. Uh, But number nine, let's get into this one. Men want and need to lead their wives, but the wife is unleadable. Hmm. Um, There's
1: a lot that can play into
0: that. (laughs) And here's what I wrote. She undermines, she chips away at his confidence and wonders why he turns passive, why he effectively abandons the marriage when Hmm. he's married to a drippy faucet (laughs) an under my usurper. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, and I wonder if it's, if it's unaddressed and I wonder at what point in the marriage, because like early on, if you, if the man has never been given the chance to lead then, and he's kind of just never led. And, but Hmm. what if it's down further in the marriage where he has led and then she's trying to usurp, like, what are the circumstances that are leading up to this? What are the conversations? What are the things that have happened to where a wife has become unleadable? I mean, clearly, yes, it's sin, but what kind of sin? What is the sin in a wife's heart that mm. she is not? She is not submitting to her
0: husband, right? And that's a perfect segue because number ten, okay, this is the whole thing, culminates with number ten because all of these big why questions have to do with worldview. Yeah, meaning that what? Yes, it's sin, but what's the sin coming in? Well, it's uh, you know different ideas, ideologies, expectations. Right. Actual sin. Experiences
1: that they've had, past experiences.
0: And so again, the number 10 reason I gave for why we see couples struggle and fail is this, is that couples fail for lack of unity around the big questions in life. Um, So what here's the big questions. What's the point of it all? What's the point of the marriage? Why fight? Mm. Why are kids good? And why is marriage worth fighting for? Why should I apologize? Why should I forgive when Mm. I've been wronged? I need to get you back. Well, why should I forgive you? Why should I love you when I don't feel like loving you? Why should I stay faithful when I don't feel like staying faithful? Yeah. Or you've what, been
1: unfaithful to me.
0: Or yeah. Right. Or yeah, you've you've neglected me. Yeah. So you don't deserve my faithfulness. Mm. I, I need to get mine from wherever I can. Get, if you don't agree on the big important reasons for, and you're not unified on, on the answers to these things, then you're going to struggle and you're, you're, there's a better chance you're going to fail. Well, um, you'll
1: believe the lie that you might find... What are looking for outside of the marriage that you're already in?
0: Yeah. And none of these questions we're asking have answers outside of worldview. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by worldview is, yeah, how do you answer these big, important, like, where did I come from? You know, (laughs) who who am am I I, and where am I going? Yeah. Right. Those those are all worldview questions, meaning that we're, who is God? What does he say? Now, what do I do? Um, So most often couples coast on a sense of morality Mm -hmm. or of an ethic that is derived from the Christian worldview. Right meaning that they they think you know marriage is good. Okay, that's from the Christian worldview. Yeah. They think faithfulness is good. They think love is good. They think altruism, being a selfless person, that's all good. Right. But if you don't actually believe it to the point where you've internalized it and the Holy Spirit has gotten a hold of your heart and given mm. you a heart of flesh, taken out your heart of stone, yeah. Then it's just a matter of time until that momentum ends, when the coasting ends. And you might be able to depending on your your you know your your demographic, right? If you've got more distractions, you'll coast further. Yeah. If you've got more money, you'll probably so coast true. further. Right? So if, true. If you're, you know, there's certain factors that will let you coast further, but the point is, is you're coasting. You're not actually fueled by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. um, and so you will, uh, you, you'll get to the end of that Christian juice, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, you will grind to a halt unless, you, like I said, you've internalized the beliefs mm. in a way that actually changes how you behave. Mm-hmm. So, so good. unless you have a, a selflessness that is born... <laughs> from the experience of Christ's selfless love for you, that gratitude that comes from being saved, a sinner dead in sin has been brought to life. Like, unless you have that and you have some of the big context for marriage, like God says marriage is good, therefore it's good. It's not good because it works. It's not good because I like it. It's good because God said it is. Right,
1: and it's not good because it's the next step. It's, yeah. it's not qualified by man. It is qualified by God. It was designed and purposed by God. And so I guess I would just add, if you're looking at your marriage and you're thinking those things, you're thinking like, why should I fight for this? Why, what does it matter? Like I can apologize, but he's just going to do it again. Like, Mm. or he's not, sorry, I could apologize, but I'll probably sin again. Right. And it's like, well, of course we're going to sin again. Like that's, that's Mm. part of the Christian walk and not being on the other side of eternity. Right. But if you look at the bigger picture, if you peel back the layers, if you kind of push through to the other side, you see that all of these trials and all of these hardships are are sanctifying you. They are making you more like Christ. Well, what does that? What good does that do me? Oh, friend, like mm. what do you mean? What good does that do you? Right? It's and it's again if it's if that's your orientation, it still is about you, which is still the wrong perspective to have. Our lives are not our own. We are here. We mm. are but a vapor. But we are here to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Look at your catechisms. They'll <laughs> answer a lot of sto- a lot of questions you have.
0: Yeah. But so what I hear you saying is that people will have a hard time making sense of all we're saying unless there's um, a a bigger, deeper context for it all. Mm-hmm. And you're encouraging people to to dig into that context.
1: yeah, because you're made in the image of God these this um, the truth of who God is will ring loudly in your heart and in your spirit because that is who you are created by. Yep. So the truths of God are not just something that will, you know, it's just passing. It's kind of like you're throwing stuff at the wall, whatever sticks. Great. If that's kind of where you feel like your Christianity is, then friend, you are, you're a bit off.
0: <laughs> well, we want to encourage you to go deep, to go deeper, to not settle. Yes. Um, I just want to finish with this thought and then we'll, we'll bring this uh, plane into it for landing. <laughs> um, it says as, and here's what I wrote on the tweet. I said, in summary, long-term marriage makes little sense to people unless they have context that makes it make sense. I am a Christian and I believe the Christian worldview is the only one that speaks to the entirety of the human condition and reality as we know it. Mm -hmm. As it pertains to marriage, the tradition and culture that are conducive to healthy marriage are all but completely gone. So those who manage to get married without a Christian worldview are sitting on a ticking time bomb that save God doing a miracle in their lives will inevitably Mm. explode. Yeah. And so that's a pretty dire picture. Yeah. Well, then I ended with the here if you want to grow in your marriage go to fierce marriage <laughs> check out our podcast so i i did a little bit of self promotion i didn't plan on doing that on in the tweet but i did because i'm like i can't just leave it there i need to give people right. like some pathway toward this beautiful for picture that that is marriage yeah. but the point of all this the point that of why we're sharing this is because god is good he's given us a good gift in marriage and he's i think asking us as believers in this season if you were born you were born for this season of our earth's existence to do something. Mm -hmm. I think a big part of that for Christian couples, for Christian families is to champion God's design for biblical manhood, biblical womanhood, Mm -hmm. for biblical marriage and for biblical parenting. Mm -hmm. Like this matters. If you're listening to the podcast, watching the video, this matters. And it matters to you specifically because it matters to the future of your children. It matters to those around you. Mm -hmm. So our hope is that it can help you right where you're at. If if you have some of these signs of marriages that have struggled, like ask God to help, Find the help, do the work, get healthy. If you see people in your life that you have the ability to speak into their lives, to encourage them in their marriage, be the light in that dark place. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you have, you know, kids, raise them to understand the depth and breadth of what Mm -hmm. covenant is, what love is, and what it means to have a pure heart, you know, towards your spouse because they're saved. Like teach them these things. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why we're sharing it today. This is kind of a 50,000 foot view sort of episode or this episode and the last one. Yeah. Um, But we hope it's helped you tangibly, right up, boots on the ground. But we also hope it helps lift your vision to see God's beautiful picture for what marriage is and what it can do when it's lived out in society. Mm. Anything else? No, I mean,
1: these are the big themes that we see. I wish someone would have said these things to me when we were getting married, you know, by God's Mm -hmm. grace. We've uh, not experienced any major like breaches of trust or anything like that. But I can see where little pieces of this could take root in a marriage mm. and then begin to to grow deep roots and begin to sprout up trees and to begin to just kill whatever you thought your marriage was. And so
0: I mean I think we've dealt with probably eight out of ten of these Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in our in, On in the some seeds level, of them. Hundred percent.
0: And yeah. And so it's part of it's even experience and seeing how the seeds have grown into yeah. full blown networks of weeds in our marriage. we've had yeah. to do the work to uproot those. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that we've had a perfect marriage. It's just that been in it a while. We, we've seen, seen some things together and as uh, co- yeah. co- co-laborers here. So speaking of um, seeing some things, we want you to see Christ. <laughs> Always nice. working on that segue. Nice. <laughs> you don't know who Jesus is, or you kind of know the name. You grew up maybe in a nominal Christian capacity, You've been to church on Easter and on Christmas. Maybe you grew up, you know, where your parents said you were Christian, but you had no idea what that meant. Well, we want you to go deeper. We want, you want you to have a genuine saving faith in Christ which means you need to know who he is. If you don't know who he is, we say, find a friend, ask ask them to, to show you him, ask them to read the Bible with you. Yeah,
1: that Christian friend is waiting for you, Yes, <laughs> praying for you.
0: Yes, they are waiting and praying. Uh, find a church. Hopefully that Christian friend has a good church that preaches out of the Bible. Go to church with them, mm-hmm. hear from the word, get under the care of a shepherd who loves the Lord and can love you as a result. Mm-hmm. If you don't know where to find a good church, we have a website that will help. It's thenewsisgood.com. Check that out. Mm-hmm. All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you. Lord, I pray that uh, this time here has been fruitful mm-hmm. in the hearts and minds of those listening and watching. I pray that we would be fruitful Christians about marriage, about the business of raising our children, about mm-hmm. the business of proclaiming your truth in the area, in the areas of manhood, womanhood, uh, marriage and family. Lord, we love you. We ask that you would help uh, the couples that are listening to this, that they would have strong marriages, that they would not struggle and fail mm-hmm. because of these reasons that we've laid out. And if they are struggling, Lord, that you would show them the light. Help them get out to the other side of it, that they might be a testimony of your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, this has been a blast. Um, I've had fun. Have you had fun? Was it good for you? <laughs> it was, oh, it was good. Oh, man. All right. Well, this episode of Fierce Marriage is... We'll see you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. This episode's.